This is the We Are Outdoorsmen podcast, built by outdoorsmen for outdoorsmen, presented by Herod Outdoors and Max Luer. Top line just got this. Yes, there it is. <laughs> yeah, that was my fault. There we go. So who she does it again. Welcome back to another episode of the We Are Outdoorsman podcast presented by Herod Outdoors and Max Lohr. I'm your producer, Britton Ransford. Joined with me today for our first big episode of 2021 is Ooh. Bob Loomis of Max Lohr and Richie Herod of Herod Outdoors. <laughs> um, it's uh, been an eventful uh, holiday season, but we're happy to be back with you guys. Uh, we uh, just finished up our uh, last recordings and uh, now we're going to get into a little bit of fishing talk. We're going to talk some hunting and... Uh, COVID Christmas. Yeah, it was a it was a very COVID, COVID Christmas. COVID Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're still locked down here in uh, Washington State. Uh, we're socially distanced in the studio today. Yes, but, we are. Uh, <laughs> we we have our, our coffee and we are ready to roll. Um, recently, we went out and did quite a bit of fishing. We haven't been able to fish together because of COVID Christmas, um, but we've all kind of done a little bit of stuff. Bobby went and did some. Uh, Landlocked king fishing up in Chelan. Richie went up and did. Uh, Richie and I went up and did some uh, kokanee fishing. Well, we tempted a kokanee fish, right? And then uh, we went after and got after the cutthroat, which was a super fun time. You want to talk about it? Yeah, that was a great time, actually. Uh, yeah, our our intent was to go up and and try to get some of the the, the kokanee, which are a little bit small this year, but a lot of fun to catch. We got blown off the water, so it was cold. And it was cold, and so we decided, hey, let's just go back. This cutthroat fishing's been really good. And so, uh, actually, we just went back to a dock. <laughs> that was the best way to do it, and we stood on the dock and casted. The kind of the neat thing about um, the cutthroat right now is that they're cruising the shorelines, and they're in large groups. We were calling them wolf packs because yeah. that's what they look like, right? Pickle wolf packs. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And there were some nice size fish in there, but, um, you know, you'd cast and you might not get bit once or twice and then you would get bit. I mean, it's almost like getting bit every time. And, um, we were throwing crip lures, uh, promise keepers, promise keepers, humdingers, cripplers, yeah, sonic, bait, sonic bait, bait fish. Sonic I mean, everything fish. we were, we were throwing everything and they were biting everything pretty well. It seemed like they, uh, well, would they bite the most for you, Britton? I was basically just using a, a one tenth ounce sonic bait sonic fish. Sonic bait fish, and yeah. then you know it, it really didn't matter. I mean, you could see the water was so clear yeah. you could see them, so you just cast to them, yeah, and then just reel them in. You got yeah. like fifteen fish following your lure. Yeah, promise keepers work really well for any trout, in my opinion. It's like one of the best. That I mean, that chartreuse red, that's oh man, money for those it's cuts just are money. Oh yeah, and uh, you toss that out there, let it sink a little bit, <clears throat> you know. And there was kind of different ways to to do it. You could do a straight reel. But because the water is so clear and you can see the fish reaction to the lures, um, you could also see that they're just following it. And if you just paused and then took off again, usually you'd get a strike. Oh, you yeah. know? So there's a variety of ways to fish, you know, to kind of use those lures in a way that would uh, see, trigger that, a bite. That's 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 the one thing that, that I try to tell people, like when they buy a sonic bait fish. You know, sonic bait fish, if I had to pick one lure to to proficiently catch fish saltwater mm-hmm. east coast west coast freshwater east coast to west coast 
any fish across the board. If I had to pick one lure to fish, it would be a jigging spoon, basically a sonic bait fish. Right. But people have a tendency of, of casting, retrieving, casting, retrieving, casting, retrieving. They cast five times, they don't get bit, they take it off and put something else on. Right. You can make fish bite. It's a matter of of how, what type of movement you put on the lure. Casting it, twitching it, letting it fall, retrieving it real fast, stopping, retrieving it real fast, stopping. There's some way that's going to get those fish sure, to want to tr- bite. Trigger. Exactly. Yeah. It, it, it will trigger them. And the thing is, is you can do it with virtually anything. Mm-hmm. I mean, a, a jigging spoon, you can cast it and, and drift it like a spoon mm-hmm. for steelhead. You can cast it and retrieve it for virtually anything. You can jig it. You can, you know, there, there, there's nothing you can't do with it, literally. Yeah. So it's a matter of having, you know, right colors, you know, to really do well. And sizes, sizes, as we well know, make a big difference. But you get that right size, the right color, the right movement. I mean, it's like like you guys saw every cast. Yeah, and, and the bottom line is we're trying to mimic whatever it is that they're feeding on. Sure. And in in nature, under the water, what what they're going after is just not swimming like it's healthy, or it's not just hanging there. Yeah. Like yeah. it's suspended. It's uh, you know, something that's struggling in the water. That it's like, oh, there's a, there's a food item. Oh, absolutely. And so you're you know you're trying to mimic whatever they might be eating. It's like somebody there. dangling a dusty burger in front of you. <laughs> <laughs> dusty burger. <laughs> and this episode is brought to you by Dusty. <laughs> <laughs> you know they, they they twitch it a little bit and they drag it across yeah. the table and, and pretty soon you get a little drool coming out of the corner of your mouth and you know. <laughs> Oop! Now you did it. No, I didn't do it. It's good. <laughs> so, yeah, you know, it, it, it's a matter of, of getting those fish to trigger. And, and like I said, I, I had one, one of those quarter-ounce uh, mm. chartreuse with the red dot uh, yeah. John Cruises. Oh, I mean promise keeper. <laughs> and I, I, I gave it to my little brother. Yeah. You know, when we went up the other day looking looking yeah. for animals and, and doing a little fishing, you know, and you hit every dock on the way up and, and, you know, you always hit a few fish. Mike gets hung up and I'm going, don't break that off. It's the only one I've got. You know, we only make these things and I got one. Yeah. <laughs> Gee, many Christmas. Yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> I think we had the same problem. Yeah, we, we didn't have, we only had like two or one promise keeper we only on had boat. one promise keeper i can't believe it i mean you know here we had all of us you know oh, have yeah. all the gear in the world oh yeah yeah and why we wouldn't have gone up there of course you know we went there to target kokanee to start with but still you know you take your you gear box something you sure. got to have something so we, we only had one we tore everything apart to find that one and and, and telling you i think bob was using that and it was yeah, well, I think it was, was it silver? Yeah. Silver black? Or well, silver that, black. That, the, the, the silver black. Silver black. You know, that right now, one of the number one feeds in that lake that they feed on is that black snail. Uh-huh. uh-huh. And for some reason, black and silver just yep. really triggers them. But I, like I said, that chartreuse and, and orange uh, promise keeper is absolute oh, money. Yeah. Same thing with that fire tiger uh, cripplure. Mm-hmm. The crushed orange one too. Oh yeah, the crushed orange, <laughs> hot orange for cutthroat is, <laughs> is money. Period. Yeah, so, and, and you know we could talk about. It. They were gonna eat whatever we. They were gonna throw what we were put in they, the it, water. It was really cool. I haven't done that since I was a kid. Just sit there on the dock and just catch seventy fish. Oh yeah, yeah. and yeah. so much fun. It was uh, that was a fun day. Did you guys catch any big fish? 
I mean, it, well, some of them are pretty good size for sure. You I, know? I got one the other day, like that was fourteen. Like, I, I got one that was was right at fifteen. Yeah, I mean, it was it was nice, and it was fin clipped. Yeah, know? I mean, it was. Uh, I, I was very very surprised, but yeah. most of them are that you know. 12, 13 yeah, inch. Yeah, they are. Most know. of them are. But they're yeah. fun to catch. You know, oh, sure. one thing about a cutthroat is, like any trout, you know, they they uh, they fight. Oh. Uh, they really fight. They like to, they roll a lot, you know. Yeah, and yeah. They, and they go crazy. Even when you get them out of the water, they're still going crazy. <laughs> oh, I'll tell you what. <laughs> it's hey, fun. I've told you guys, you guys all laugh, but it's true. I'd, I'd go for goldfish if I knew I'd get them in volume. Yeah. I don't care. Yeah. <laughs> well, there's something to be said about, you know, a fish that just wants to bite and bite, and, you know, and like every cast, you are like a little kid, you know, that's what oh, Britton yeah. said, you know, I hadn't sure. done that since I was a kid, so sure. we all had those experiences, and and then when you, when it happens, you're like a little kid again, you know, you're oh, just yeah. like, oh man, they're biting, they're biting. Oh, absolutely, <laughs> yeah. and the thing is, you can't wait to get the one off, Yeah. so, get, so you can get another get one. Another one. Right. <laughs> we only brought two spinning rods, so we were taking turns, and it's just so hard to sit there with your phone and be like, oh, he caught another one, he caught another one. Yeah. Now give me the rod, and Bob. Yeah. Bob, Bob wasn't going to let that go. He was. He was. I think Bob caught about on it. forty of them. He had a death grip on that rod. He wasn't going to share. <laughs> oh man! Yeah. So it was a lot of fun. You know, I I think um, the one thing I would say about that is, you know, if you're looking for something to do this time sure. of year, especially if you have kids, yeah, or a, an inexperienced fisherman, this is a great fishery to have. Oh, Someone gets some experience, you yeah. know. Oh, yeah. for sure. And it just shows, you know, you think of Max Lure, we, we make spinners and, you know, trolling products. But right. There's there's plenty of those lures in there, the Sonic Bait Fish, the Crippler, the Humdinger, the, the Promise Keeper that, that is castable. And so yeah. um, they worked well. They worked well for us. Um, Bobby was also up there a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. And uh, went and uh, fished for some of those landlocked kings, a pretty unique fishery up there. You have uh, you grew up up there, so you've kind of followed how that uh fishery has developed um you guys got into some fish well it you know the the landlocked chinooks on uh, chelan are uh, a fish that uh, they're, they're as good if not better eating than a spring chinook which is probably one of the best eating red meated fish that swim i mean mm. they're, they're better than you know the the alaskan sockeye i mean they're phenomenal because of the amount of fat they have on their body very very mild i mean just an outstanding eating fish but you know they used to they used to basically um plant that whole program for mm-hmm. years yeah. and chelan had an unbelievable uh fishery on their for the Chinooks. I mean, they caught fish in the 25 pound plus range. Mm. They caught, you know, and, and you could go out, a good fisherman could go out in the morning and catch his two fish. It was a two fish limit back then. And you could go catch two, two Chinooks and, and beat home by eight o'clock in the morning. Mm. You know, it, it was that good. And, uh, then there were some issues that came up with the, the planting issues. And then it was a non, non indigenous species. And I mean, there was just so many things that happened. Bottom line, about 20 years ago, they quit planting the Chinooks in there. And it was 20 plus years ago. Uh, these fish that we're catching right now, these are all what you would deem a, quote, native fish that are basically spawning in the Stahican River and, you know, populating the lake. And it, it's uh, it's great. And, I mean, Joe 
Joe's got things dialed in. He, uh, Joe Heinland at uh, Lake Shoreline Fishing Adventures. I mean, he, he, that's his specialty is targeting uh, the landlocked Chinooks. And we went out and fished with him the other day, and yeah, it was it was great. I mean, we caught uh, <laughs> we caught, caught three beauties. fish. Huh? They were beauties. Oh, they're they're absolutely the ones you got. Fish. I mean, those oh, were not yeah. just your, you know, your five pound no, no. Lake Chelan Chinook you once in a while catch. Those were no, nice. No, no, we we got we did get some really nice fish. You know, a good fish today is ten pounds. You mm-hmm. know, you catch a lot of fish. You know, like when I go up and troll. Uh, uh, up lake sometimes you know you'll go up and catch uh, 15 20 fish but they'll be like uh, uh, 13 inches yeah, to they're small. you know yeah. 20 inches we'll call and, a lot of you know a lot too. of a lot yeah. of the schoolie fish and uh, but no these these fish uh, that he targets you know are really nice nice fish 5 to 12 pounds and um, yeah they're just just gorgeous and like i said man that fish eats better than any red meated fish you know you've ever had almost well the water in lake chelan is world class i mean it's just so clear and yeah non-polluted i mean there aren't too many you know bodies of water in the world that are as nice as lake chelan in that regard but uh so you fish i asked you this because um i i've never actually caught one over five pounds right I've, i've never caught a bigger chinook in there and when i first moved here i tried to target them didn't know what i was doing and that was also 20 years ago when there weren't very very many fish in there it seems like there's a few more now because people do catch them but you fish for them pretty deep right yeah yeah we we were fishing you know basically the bottom up 25 feet and and you know that's where those fish uh those fish are but uh they bite the same kinds of things that oh yeah yeah i mean you can run everything from flies to Mm. you know uh cut plug herring to you name it they're they're gonna bite they're gonna bite uh, virtually anything and and it's just a matter of of being getting in front of a fish Mm -hmm. and and getting them to bite yep so and and of course joe's got all of his own secret magic stuff i'm sure and you know what he does well yeah he does well but uh, it's just, uh, it, it was kind of cool because one of the things that he loves to use is that uh, new 5.8-inch Dodger. Dodger. In fact, he helped us uh, kind of develop that. Mm-hmm. Uh, Specifically that for du- that fishery. Yeah, yeah. Before he, he really got going, that, that uh, double D 5.8-inch is uh, the perfect size. He uses that and the, and the bigger one. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, it, it's uh, something that what he finds triggers the fish is a certain type of movement, uh, speed, you know, et cetera. And it's just a matter of, of figuring out what those speeds are. Right. Of course, you know me, am I paying attention? Absolutely not. Is all I care is about getting bit. I was going to say, you're probably just watching the rod. <laughs> exactly. Am I I'm, getting I'm bit? watching the rod, paying attention, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Hey, that one's bit, you know? And so, <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. It's just a, a matter of, um, it, it, it's a, a great fishery. And, you know, like I said, I, you know, I've seen those fish in the fall up in the river and, um, you know, there's a number of them up there that are spawning and it's kind of a neat situation to yeah, see that, that those fish have adapted to, you know, yeah, that's something. Oh, it is. About it, that. It's great. And, and then think about it. Those things are 40 miles down Lake from where, you know, mm-hmm. where they spawn. Yeah. And, um, you know, they're, they're it, little mini ocean. They yeah, have their yeah. own little mini Basically, ocean. Basically, <laughs> you're, you're, you know, the old motor mooching days of the Puget yeah. Sound. And, yeah. you know, 
that that stuff that you grew up with yeah that's that's great so but yeah the 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 that chinook fisheries is uh phenomenal it's really cool we'll get a video of that up on the on the facebook page but um we're gonna get into a little bit hunting talk richie just uh, a few well, a few weeks ago right finished up his hunting season and uh we'll find out how it went um before that bobby's gonna talk to you walleye guys about uh something real quick oh yeah we'll be right back well you know it, it's that time of the year when uh the columbia river is known for the large large walleye and you know the stuff up around tri-cities um you know that that midsection of the columbia river really specializes in those huge huge fish so you know, getting out there this time of the year between now and March, you know, you find those large females going up underneath the dams that will be spawning. Uh, the guys are out targeting those large fish, trying to find that elusive, you know, 25 pound walleye. Um, you know, and, and of course, we've all heard of, of uh, those fish being caught, but, you know, th- there's a number of different styles, methods, you know, th- that you can use. But, you know, a couple of the methods that work very well, uh, jigging like we did up at Banks with the uh, sonic bait fish. Using those larger sonic bait fish and uh, drift fishing and dragging it on the bottom. Literally, you know, twitching it, dragging it, twitching it, dragging it. Like I said, there's so many different ways you can do stuff, but you're trying to trigger that fish into biting. Um, Using some type of jig works uh, very, very well this time of the year, as well as controlling large profile bodies um, a lot of the guys use crankbaits well uh, using a crankbait I don't have any crankbaits but guess what I've got I've got a wally pop wally pop works phenomenally well because it moves like a crankbait in the water with the amount of buoyancy and the uh, the smile blade in front of it uh, giving you that crankbait type type action so using those larger uh, larger wally pops works very very well for these large fish so it it's uh it's a phenomenal fishery it's a fishery that that people people flock to you know you get people that come from back in the midwest this time of the year trying to catch that large 25 pound plus fish because there's so many large fish that get caught so it, it it's a it's a great fishery it's a lot of fun um you know it's something that really doesn't exist anywhere else and you know, you got to get out here and, and uh, try it. But uh, like I said, using a, a sonic bait fish or using a wally pop, those are those are two real, real good methods for trying to uh, trying to target those fish or getting them to bite. There's been a number of records that have been caught off of off of the uh, wally pops uh, because of it. So you can get those at your local retailer or you can get them at maxlure.com. All right, let's get into a little bit of hunting talk. Uh, Richie just recently finished his uh, late archery hunt, and uh, let's hear how it went. Well, it went really well. <laughs> it was a successful year, you guys. Hey, I I've had one of the best years I've had in a while. Thank goodness. It was it was time to yeah, cripple boy. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> it was time, you know, after struggling with my hip and everything else, it was it was pretty cool to do to do well. Um, well, as many of you know, I'm an avid bow hunter, and one of my favorite, really, all my all time favorite hunts 
is this uh, late archery season here in Washington State. Um, it's great because there are a lot of deer that have moved down to the lower elevations. They're, they're migratory here. And so that they get a little more concentrated. And we, we get some really nice bucks in this part of the world. And so I really enjoy it, especially if it's stormy. And uh, I've been hunting with uh, my son-in-law-to-be and kind of teaching him the ropes on bow hunting, uh, Chris. And so Chris and I went out and actually uh, was the first day. I mean, I haven't killed something on the first day in a while, but we went out on the first day and uh, we we had access through a piece of private property, we went through an orchard and then hit some uh, public land, which was kind of cool. Uh, access to a piece of ground that I haven't hunted before, but I've always looked at and thought a lot of it was private, but it really isn't. I mean, it's you just need to get to it. There's other ways to get to it that are harder, but this was kind of nice. Uh, my friend who owns an orchard there let us walk through his property, which is great. And uh, first thing we got up there, we were in deer like at first light. I mean, it was awesome. We saw two small bucks and Oh, must have been four or five does. And, you know, I'm trying to get Chris on him. I'm trying to get Chris a deer. Yeah. He yeah. He, sh- he sh- shot, uh, his first year was last year, and he shot a doe. And so we're trying to, you know, get him in front of a buck and have that experience, you know. I mean, that's the, sure, that's sure. the cool thing about it, you know. You Absolutely. Have that experience. And so we're up there, and every time we'd see him, I'm like, okay, you know, you go this way, you do that. And and they were small, and so they're not legal. It's got to be three-pointer better. And uh, and at this time of year, you can't shoot a doe. So it's, you know, three-pointer better. Sure. That's it. We went on up the ridge, and, I mean, right after that, it must have been a half hour, and looked across the draw, and there's a buck. And it's a legal buck. <laughs> it's a pretty nice buck. You know, I mean, good good archery buck. I mean, it's not sure. giant. It's not Pope and Young or anything, but it's a nice archery buck, you know. It's, any legal buck I'm yeah like, come really come on <laughs> and so we're uh standing there and i'm like you know what i think i would do if i were you chris i'd go to the right of this ridge that we're on out of his sight and go up and around the point and and come down on the top of him because he was just over the ridge on the other side of this draw i said that, that's kind of how you got to do this is you spot and stalk you sure know? That's how you hunt these late. And, you know, you're hoping for lots of opportunities, you know, so because there are a lot of deer, you know. Yeah, I was going to say this This is totally different than the typical uh, hunting out of a blind or. Oh, yeah. Or, oh, yeah. You know, trying to, to move animals into a spot where you're at. Yeah. You know, totally, totally different style of hunting. Oh, that very Most much people so. are not used to. No. You know, other than out here in the Western states. Right. Yeah. Mule deer hunting, you really got to. You know, they don't, they're not, you can't pattern them as much as you can as, say, like a whitetail. Right. It just doesn't right. work that way. I mean, yes, there are trails and things that they use over and over, but there's there's really no pattern to it. And you can sit there a long time and be really cold. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You could be damn cold. But yeah. anyway, so the, the best way is to spot and stalk them, you know. If they mm-hmm. bed down, it's even better because then you have an opportunity to move on them before they move but in this case they were just feeding slowly and i knew they were going to stay there so this is a great story actually so he goes over the edge of the ridge and goes around and i stay there and spot you know i'm giving him some hand signals we can see each other pretty well with the 
with the binoculars. And he goes around the back of the ridge, around the point, and he's coming down. And when he comes down, all of a sudden he's kind of out in the open. And what I didn't know, there was like another little subridge over there that ran down into the draw, and he was using that for cover. And uh, I'm texting him on the phone going, you're, you know, go to the backside, you know, because he's yeah, like yeah. in the wide open. And I'm like, what are you doing? <clears throat> and uh, I look over there and the buck takes off running and comes towards me. Just, I'm like, well, you spooked him, you know. So he <laughs> went down in the draw and he comes up the other side and I didn't see him anymore. So I'm standing there and I'm like, gosh, dang, maybe this thing's going to come to me, you know. And quite a bit of time goes by and he's like, well, it's right underneath you. I go, are they, <laughs> I go, are they coming up? Cause you can't really move on it. You know, yeah, I mean, it's, yeah. there's yeah, a little bit of snow. You can't, sure. you can't, you know how it is. It's yep. too, too loud. So I'm like, he goes, you know, text me back. It's, it is coming. They are coming up your way. And he says, you should be seeing these does cause there are two does. <clears throat> and so pretty quick, I see these two does and they come below me like it. 35 yards i'm like if that buck follows these two does this is money you know (laughs) and so i'm standing there and pretty soon i see the tips of the antlers and he's lower i'm like crap (laughs) but he keeps working his way up and now he's trying to find out where them does went and follow them because it was still right on the edge of the rut sure sure and so this buck comes up and i'm thinking all right i got him here at 40 he just needs to turn you know and and to give me the shot because he's coming up the hill and and he did he finally ended up turning and i shoot this thing and it wasn't the best shot yeah. <laughs> let's just let's just let's just say you, that you guys didn't get to see yeah, richie's eyeballs because it was not a good it shot evidently not the best shot but it, obviously it did the job but anyway so it takes off and i and uh i told chris i said i got an arrow on that thing i go it's not it's back a little bit i'm not happy with it you know and so he comes over there, and this is the best part of the story right here. He proceeds to tell me, I, I said, yeah, you should have stayed on the backside of the ridge. He goes, you wouldn't believe what just happened. He goes, I was coming down that ridge, and he said, all of a sudden I hear this noise, and I turn around, and here comes this coyote running at full speed, and he goes by me like from here to the wall, like <laughs> 10 feet <laughs> He goes ripping by me, and he goes, and he ran right at the deer. And I'm like, oh, so that's what happened. He goes, yeah, yeah. He goes, he, I never seen anything like it. He, he like almost knocked me down. He just ran right by me. <laughs> Wily coyote man. <laughs> he ran getting these, out of dodge. Ran at these deer, and that's what spooked him. It wasn't him after all. And then when I walked over there, I was like, oh, I see you were using this other ridge for cover. I go, I couldn't tell that from over there. I thought you just need to get over. And he goes, no, I thought maybe I could you know, get on their elevation, come around. I'm like, oh, good job. You know, that 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 was yeah. the stock to make, you know. Sure, sure. But uh, we waited a few hours and then followed the blood trail and recovered that deer. And it was, it nice. was, pretty, it was pretty awesome, because, like I said, because, you know, I feel both my tags this year. And sure. That's a pretty good feeling yeah. to do that. So it was a great hunt. And then, you know, we spent the next, uh, what is it, nine more days trying to get him on some deer and we found some really cool places that are tough to get to and there were some bucks in there and he had a couple of good stocks came really close so overall it was an excellent late archery season it was really good cool yeah and i got a bunch of summer sausage 
There you go. Bunch of summer sausage. <laughs> you know, I, I, I'm kind of hungry right yeah. now. Yeah. <laughs> you know, maybe we should, we should cut some. Exactly. <laughs> we'll be right back. If you've not tried our Pioneer barbecue sauce, I suggest you do because it is addicting. Let me tell you, uh, we made this barbecue sauce especially to pair well with any red meat, but especially wild game. It has some spiciness, some little bit of tang to it, and just a wonderful little bit of a smoky uh, flavor to it. You can use it as a traditional barbecue sauce for your ribs or for your steak when you put it on the grill. You could use it like ketchup afterwards just for dipping sauce. But you can also use it for sauteing. It's great if you mix it with uh, a little bit of red wine and saute meat uh, with vegetables. It makes a very, very good. Oh my God, I'm hungry. <laughs> makes a very, very good sauce for something like that. Fat guys uh, know what they're talking yeah, about. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> So give our Pioneer Barbecue Sauce a try. You can find that at HerodOutdoors.com. And just look under the Herod's Cookhouse category, and you'll find it right there. Yeah, I actually prefer to just drink that barbecue sauce. <laughs> it, it, it's good stuff. Oh, it it good. really is. A it, lot of it, people do. Oh, they, it's it's money. They, it, go it th- they go through it. And like I said, fat guys know what they're talking yeah. about. <laughs> anyway, we... Uh, yeah, go get that at HerodOutdoors.com. It, it is seriously so good. Um, I was lucky enough to be working next to their booth at a, a couple trade shows last year, and uh, I probably went through half of your sample spoons. Yeah. <laughs> I was just putting it on sandwiches. You go get Can't... an ice cream cone poured on top. Yeah. People people put it on everything. <laughs> ice cream. <laughs> anyway, uh, last weekend, Bobby went out to Potholes with uh, Shelby Ross of Ross Outdoor Adventures, and... Uh, Tried to get after the ducks. Did you get after them? Oh yeah, oh yeah. We 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 got right on them. It was uh, one of those days that uh, you had. Uh, you know, when you get those calm days, it's just it's just not good. But we had a little bit of wind. It kept it. You know, it'd come up a little bit and then it'd die. It'd come up a little bit and die. So it it, it was actually a good morning. Um, but most of the birds that, that we shot were were mostly a, you know ring necks, bluebills. Mm-hmm. Shot a few pennies, a few uh, redheads. Got some redhead uh, drakes and hens, stuff like that. And didn't see many many uh, mallards. So uh, the mallards and the teal. I, I saw one bunch first thing in the morning, and I saw one bunch of teal in the morning, and that was it. Mm-hmm. All the rest were were you know ring necks, bluebills. It was just a, a, a kind of a strange morning, but. Uh, we we did we did real well. We almost limited out totally, and and uh, between the four of us, and it, it was a good shoot. It really was. Uh, Shelby had set us up in a uh, in a blind. He had a uh, uh, a trip lined up with some other people, so we did a quote self guided. So I did a lot of calling, and and um, you know we had our our own uh, kayak for going out and dredging dredging <laughs> birds out of the creek out there, and. It was uh, it was a lot of fun. So, and there was uh, there was actually a lot of birds flying, you know, up till about ten o'clock or so, like usual. And mm-hmm. and um, there was a ton of people on the lake. Holy cow! I couldn't believe how many people were hunting on the lake. Yeah. But uh, everybody was spread out far enough. It, it really was not an issue. Mm-hmm. Um, kept them moving around. For, yeah, yeah. It just yeah. it kept moving birds around all day. Yeah. And, and uh, you know, we did uh, like I said. We did really well. Uh, we had Dwayne Dakota and and Rob out there, and 
And, uh, of course, they all drank all my special coffee, and I never even got any. So, so he was cranky. Oh, I was yeah. cranky, so I took it out on the birds. And um, <laughs> it was uh, it, it was a lot of fun. We really enjoyed ourselves. And, and, you know, this time of the year, you know, you expect to have uh, new birds coming down. And there just hasn't been, no. you know, the movement because we haven't had the weather. No, we really haven't. I, don't, I really don't believe the major northern flight has really happened no no i mean we just haven't had a storm yet you know that would really push them out and i spent some time you know down in eastern oregon and same thing they're just not there and that's a pretty good indication that they haven't moved in yet because a lot of times they'll keg up in those valleys i just don't think it's happened and the last few years have been that way you know these northern birds just don't get pushed in a large mass there's a few here and there and they get scattered and it's it makes it pretty tough Oh, it does. It so does. I, I was, I was pleased to see your photo. I thought you guys did pretty well. Quite well, frankly. and and honestly, I, I was I was pleased with the amount of birds that, that we yeah. got because of the fact that I I really didn't expect mm-hmm. there to be that many birds up there. But there was there was uh, like I said, <laughs> if we would have uh, quieted down a touch in the blind, mm. we probably would have had quite a few more birds you guys were having too much fun we were having too much coffee. fun talking well and... with your special coffee exactly exactly <laughs> the special coffee got going and um you know it turned into uh yeah, oh quiet 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 here comes yeah. some birds yeah. you know and you start calling of course the birds heard you sitting there talking about you know yeah. special coffee or right. you know something else and yeah. they kind of veer off at the last second but uh no it it, it was a really good uh like i say a lot better than what I anticipated mm-hmm. it to be. So yeah, I really like hunting in those kinds of places where you get in the back, you know, the backwaters of yeah, some yeah. body of water where there's you know oh, we were back smaller the, pools and we were back in the dunes. Yeah, uh, that's really us, awesome. Yeah, back in the dunes, it was a lot of fun. We were back away from everybody and and uh, birds will just dump into those small spots yeah, of water, yeah. you know, and it's, well, it's, that it's was just a bad thing. We, you know, in the morning, uh, right off the bat. You know, we we shoot three or four or five groups come in, and mm-hmm. and, um, and we've got birds out. We've got partial ice off the edge of the decoys. Uh-huh. We've got yeah. ice on on the right side. It's open water on the left side, and then an island. And so you got the, all this open water, and the birds are coming right in, but they're either veering off, you know, one side or the other side of the blind. By the time you start shooting, and Pretty soon we've got like six or seven ducks out on the ice. Well, trying to get out there to the birds with the kayak, mm-hmm. forget it. I would it's, have paid to see you getting in and out of that kayak. Well, honestly, we had a yellow lab. That that was Dakota. Dakota he <laughs> Dakota decided that he was the kayak boy. And so he was our yellow lab. Yeah. Uh, you know, we still did, like I said, we we almost limited out with uh, between the the four of us and it, it was good really good shoot. Mm-hmm. Really good yeah, shoot. Looked like it. And, you know, we we picked up a, a few birds and brought them in, and, and Dwayne looked at me, and he goes, what is what is that one? And I'm looking at it, I said, it's a duck. <laughs> <laughs> it's a duck. And he goes, yeah, but what kind? I said, it's just it's a duck. Don't worry about it. <laughs> it, it was like a pintail hen or something uh-huh. like that, you know, and it looked like a, a redhead hen almost, uh-huh. but it didn't have the tail. And, and, right. and uh, <laughs> I... I uh, I basically told him, I says, don't worry about it. it, it it's a number. So ju- it's a duck. Count it. Yeah, just count it. Just put it back up there. We're okay. We don't have too many of those, so we're, we're okay. We're all right. Yeah. <laughs> a duck's a duck. You clearly would have shot more ducks if Hawkeye was there, but uh, yeah. I, 
I was I was stuck sledding with the in-laws, and that's a story for an entirely different ep- different episode. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Hawkeye could Hawkeye couldn't go because, and and I'm going to use Jeff's phrase. What do you do? You want to stay married? Is that what the problem is? I had, I had late Christmas with the in-laws, so it was it was a lot more fun than, than duck hunting. I'll tell you that. Oh, much. I, oh, I bet. I'm sure it was. Went Britain. sledding up the school truck with about a million people. I hate sledding. <laughs> Oh, yeah, you want us to talk I, I some more it. about our hunting trips a little bit, you, you know, yeah. rub it in. Oh, yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. But, you know, when you can get up on the hill and, and you look like Chevy Chase, you know, coming down the hill. <laughs> oh, yeah, baby. I have a broken tailbone, Bobby. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, that'll do it for this episode. Be sure to go uh, like and subscribe on um, all of your favorite podcast platforms. We... Uh, would love for you to go also follow us on Instagram and Facebook. And uh, we will be back next week with another episode. Until then, we will talk to you later.